The new year is the perfect time to start building credit scores. Because when your credit scores increase, your opportunities do too. Like loan approvals and lower interest rates. Chime makes it easier to keep building your credit with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. You can use Credit Builder everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Chime helps you build your credit score safely by using your own money to make everyday purchases and on-time payments. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a $200 qualifying direct deposit. And don't stress, there's no annual fee or credit check required to apply and get started. Start building your credit history and finding new opportunities with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone by H. J.K. Rowling, Chapter 6 a journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Harry's last month at Dudley's wasn't fun. True, Dudley was now so scared of Harry. He wouldn't stay in the same room, while Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon wouldn't sh- didn't shut Harry in his cupboard, force him to do anything or shout at him. In fact, they didn't speak to him at all. Half terrified, half furious, they acted as though any chair with Harry in it were empty. Although... This was improving in many ways. It did have a bit of depress. It was it did become a bit depressing after a while. Harry kept in his room, his new alpha company. He had to decide to call. He decided to call him a Hedwig, a name he found in her history of magic. His school books were very interesting. He lay in his bed reading late into the night. Hedwig. Swooping in and out of the window, open window, as she pleased. Lucky that Aunt Petunia didn't come into vacuum anymore, because Hedwig kept bringing back dead mice. Every night before he went to sleep, Harry ticked off another day on a piece of paper he had printed on the wall, counting down to September the 1st. On the last day of August, he thought he'd better speak to his aunt and uncle by getting to King Cross Station the next day. So he went down to the living room, where they were watching a quiz show on television. He cleared his throat to let them know he was there. Daddy's screamed and ran from the room. Uh, Uncle Vernon? Uncle Vernon grunted to show he's listening. Uh, I need to get to be at King's Cross tomorrow to go to Hogwarts. Uncle Vernon grunted again. Would it be alright if I, if you give me a lift? Grunt. Harry supposed that meant yes. Thank you. He was about to go back upstairs when Uncle Vernon actually spoke. Funny way to get to Wizard School. A train, magic carpets, got all punches. Have they? Harry didn't say anything. Where is the school anyway? I don't know. So Harry realising this is the first time. This is the first time. He pulled the ticket, Hagrid. Hagrid had given him out of his pocket. I just take the train for platform nine and three quarters at eleven o'clock. He said his aunt stared. Platform what? Nine and three quarters. Don't talk rubbish, said Uncle Vernon. There is no platform nine and three quarters. It's on the t- my ticket. Barking, said Uncle Vernon. Had he made a lot of them? You see, you just wait. All right, we'll take you to King's Cross. We're going up to London tomorrow anyway. I wouldn't bother. Why are you going to London, Harry asked, trying to keep things friendly. Take Daddy to the hospital, growled Uncle Vernon. Got to get that ruddy tail removed before he goes to smeltings. 
I woke at five o'clock the next morning and was too excited and nervous to go back to sleep. He got up and pulled on his jeans, pulled on his jeans, because he didn't want to walk into the station with his wedding robes. Changed on the train. He checked his handbooks list yet again, made sure he had everything he needed. So Hedwig was shut safely in a cage and paced the room, waiting for Dudley's to get up. Two hours later, his huge trunk had been loaded to Dudley's car. Opportunity had talked. Dudley entered the city next to Harry, and he set off. They reached King's Cross at half past ten. Uncle Bernard dumped Harry's trunk into the car and wheeled it to the station for him. Harry thought this was strangely kind until Uncle Vernon stopped dead. They saw platform with a nasty grin in his face. Where are they, you old boy? Platform 9? Platform 10? Platform should be somewhere in the middle. They don't seem to have built it yet, do they? He's quite right, of course. There's a big plastic number 9 over one platform, a big plastic number 10 with ne- one next to it. In the middle, nothing at all. Have a good term, said Uncle Vernon, with an even nasty smile. He left without another word. Harry turned and saw the Dudley's drove away. All three of them were laughing. Harry's mouth was wet rather dry. What on earth is doing going to do? He was starting to attract a lot of funny looks because of Hedwig. He had to ask someone. He stopped the grousing guard. He didn't, didn't dare mention nine and three quarters. The guard had never heard of Hogwarts. When Harry couldn't even tell him what part of the country it was in, he started to get annoyed. Though Harry was being stupid on purpose. Getting desperate, Harry asked for the train. Left at 11 o'clock, the guard said there wasn't one. In the end, the guard strode away, arriving about time wasters. Harry's now trying hard not to panic. Couldn't the large clock of the arrivals board? He had 10 minutes left to get to the train. Hogwarts. He had no idea how to do it. He was stranded in the middle of the station, with a trunk, cardly lift, cardly lift, fucking full of wizard money, a large owl. Hagrid? Hagrid? Must have forgotten to tell him something. You, tell him something you had to do. Like tapping the throat brick on the left to get into Dun Jun Valley. Wonder if he should get his wand and start tapping the truck inspector's stand between platforms 9 and 10. And at that moment, a group of people played past just behind him, called a few words. Of what they were saying, packed with muggles, of course. Harry swung round. The speaker was a plump woman who was talking to four boys, all flaming red hair. Each of them was pushing a trunk like Harry's in front of them. Him. They had an owl, heart hammering. Harry pushed his cot after them. They stopped and so did he. Just near enough to hear what they were saying. Now, that's the platform. What's the platform number? said the boy's mother. Nine three quarters, piped the small girl. Also red-headed, who was holding her hand. Mum, can't I go? You're not old enough, Jenny. Now be quiet. All right, Percy, you go first. What looked like the oldest boy marched towards platform nine and ten. Harry watched carefully, not to blink in case he missed it. Just as the boy reached the dividing barrier between the two platforms, a large crowd saw this. came swarming in front of him. By the time he left, the last black pot had cleared away, the boy had vanished. Fred or Nix, the plump woman said. I'm not Fred, I'm George, said the boy. Honestly, woman, you could call yourself a mighty your mother. Can't you tell I'm George? Sorry, George, dear. I'm joking with Fred, said the boy. 
off he went. His twin called after him to hurry up. He must have done so, because a second later he had gone. But how had he done it? Now the third brother was walking briskly behind the barrier. He was almost there, and suddenly, quite suddenly, he wasn't anywhere. There was nothing else for it. Excuse me, Harry said to the plump woman. Oh dear, she said, first time at Hogwarts. Ron's new too. She pointed to the last and the younger of her sons, his tall, thin, and gangling freckles, his big hands and feet. Big hands and feet and long nose. Yes, he said. Yes, Harry. Things are things I don't know how to how to get onto the platform. She said calmly. Harry nodded. Not a worry, she said. All you have to do is walk straight at the barrier between platforms. Nine and ten. Don't stop. Don't be scared. Crash into it. And, very, and that's a very important. Best to do it a bit of run if you're nervous. Go on there before run. Okay, said Harry. Okay, said Harry. Pussy trolley ram dead at the barrier. He looked very solid. He walked towards it. People trusted him in on their way to platforms nine and ten. Harry walked very more quickly. He was going to smash right into that barrier. Then he'd be trouble. Leaning forward on his cart, he broke into a heavy run. The barrier was coming nearer and nearer. He wouldn't be able to stop. Cart was going to control. He fought away. He closed his eyes, ready for the crash. He didn't come. He kept running, running. He opened his eyes. A scarlet steam engine was waiting next to the platform, packed with people. Sign overhead said, "Oh, Hogwarts Express, eleven o'clock." Harry looked behind him and saw a walked by an archway with a barrier bin. The word "Platform Nine, three quarters on it. He had done it. Smoke from the engine drifted over the heads of the clattering. Chattering crowd, while well, cats of every colour wound here and there between their legs, owls hooted to one another in a scrunchy sort of way, the babble and the scraping of heavy trunks. First few carriages were already packed with students, some hanging in the window to talk to their families, some fighting over seats. Harry pushed his cart off down the platform in search of an empty seat, passed it around face boy who was saying, Grand. I've lost my toad again. Oh, Neville, he heard the old woman sigh. Boy with red rocks was summoned by a small crowd. Give us a look, Lee, go on. Boy lifted a lid of a box of his arms, in his arms. People around him shrieked and yelled at something. So I poked out a long, hairy leg. Harry pressed on for the crowd. You found an empty compartment at the end of the train. He put Hedwig inside first, and then started to shove and heave his trunk towards the train door. He tried to lift it up the steps. Carly raised one end. Twice he dropped it painfully on his foot. What a hand! One of the headed twins. You followed through the barrier. Yes, please, Harry panted. Oh, Fred, here, come here and help. The twins helped. Harry's trunk was at last tucked away in the corner of the compartment. Thanks, said Harry, pushing his sweaty hair out of his hair, eyes. What's that? said one of the twins, suddenly pointing at Harry's slightly scared. God, blimey, said one. Are you? He is, said the first twin. Aren't you? He said Harry. What? said Harry. Harry Potter, chorus the twins. Oh, him, said Harry. I am. Yes, I am. The boys called him. Harry felt himself turning red. Then to his relief, a voice floating in through the train, came floating through the train's open door. Fred? George, were you there? Come, Mum. We'll look, last look at Harry. 
twins hopped off the train. Harry sat down next to the window there, half ridden in he would walk, could watch the hare family platform and hear what he was saying. The mother had just, had just taken out her handkerchief. Ron, you got you got something on your nose. A young boy tried to jerk out the way, but she grabbed him and began rubbing the end of his nose. Mum, get off! You wriggled free. Oh, is Icky Ronnie got something in his, on his nose? Said one of the twins. Shut up, said Ron. Where's Percy? said his mother, their mother. Come in now. The old boy came straight into the sight. He'd already changed his bellowing black Hogwarts robes. And Harry noticed a shining red and gold badge on his chest with a letter P on it. Can't stay long, mother. He said, I'm up front with the prefix. We've got two companions themselves. Oh, you're perfect, Percy, said one of the twins. They're a great surprise. She have said something. We had an idea. No idea. Hang on. I think I remember him saying something about it, said the other twin, once, twice a minute, or some old shut-up, said Percy. Percy's prefect. How come Percy gets you rooms anyway, said one of the twins, because they're prefects and the mother friendly. All right, dear, well, have a good term. So meow, you get there. She kissed Percy and Chick, then he left. Then she turned to the twins. Now you do, this year, pay yourself. Well, I get one more out, tell him you blown up the toilet, or... Well, not a toilet. We never blown up a toilet. Great idea, though. Thanks, Mum. Not funny. And look after Ron. Don't worry, Icky Rodkins. It's safe with us. Shout out to Ron again. He's almost as tall as the twins already. Nose is still pink. His mum had rubbed it. Hey, Mum, guess what? Guess who's we met? Just met on the train. They're heading back quickly, so they couldn't see him looking. You know that black-haired boy? Was near us in the station? No, he is. Who? Harry Potter. Well, Harry heard the little girl's voice. Oh, Mum, can I go to the train and see him? Mum, oh, please. We've already seen him, Jimmy. A boy boy isn't something you goggle go in. As in a zoo, you, is it? Really, Fred? How do you know? Asked him. Saw his scar. Oh, he's really there, like lightning. Poor dear. No wonder he was alone. I wonder. He was never so polite. When he asked how to get them to the platform, never mind that. Do you think he remembers what you know who looks like? The mother said become very stern. I bid you to ask him, Fred. No, don't you dare. As though he needs reminding that of his first day at school. All right, keep the hair on. We're still standing. Hurry up, their mother said. Three boys clambered onto the train. They leaned out the window to hear her kiss and goodbye. Their younger sister began to cry. Don't, Jenny. We'll send you... Loads of owls. We'll send you a Hogwarts toilet seat. George, only joking, Mum. Train began to move. Harry saw the boys waving, mother waving, their sister half laughing, half crying, running to keep up the train until it revered to its speed and she fell back and waved. Harry watched the girl and her mother disappear. Train ran in the corner. Houses flashed past the window. Harry felt a great leap of excitement. He didn't know what he what he's going to do going going to go going to where what he's going to they had to be better than he was leaving behind the compartment slid open the youngest redhead boy came in everyone sitting here he asked pointing at the seat opposite harry everyone else everywhere else is full harry shook his head and the boy sat down he glanced harry he looked quickly out the window pretending he didn't look and look harry saw there still had a black mark on his nose. Hey, Ron, 
trains were back. Listen, we're going down the middle of the train. Lee Jordan's got a great dry tarantula right down there. Right, grumbled Ron. Harry, said the other twin, do we introduce ourselves? Fred and George went easily. This is Ron, our brother. See you later then. Why, said Harry and Ron. Twin said, come up, the door shut behind them. Are you really a hand part of Ron? Blurted out, Harry nodded. Oh well, I thought it might be the Fred and George's jokes, said Ron. You've really got, you know, put in Harry's forehead. Harry pulled back his bangs to show his lightning scare. Stagall was scared. So, what's you know who? So, that's that's where you know who? Yes, said Harry, but I can't remember it. Nothing, said Ron eagerly. Well, I just remember a lot of green light, but nothing else. Well, said Ron. He sat and stared at Harry for a few moments. As though he suddenly realised what he was doing, he looked quickly out of the window again. Oh, you were family wizards, asked Harry. We found Ron just as interesting as Ron himself. Found him. Ah, yes, I think so, said Ron. I think Mum got a second cousin who's an accountant. We never talk about him. So, you must know lots about magic already. The Weasleys were clearly one of the old wizarding families of pale boy in Deadly Valley, the alley, talked about. I heard you want to live with Mongols. Went to live with Mongols, said Ron. What are they like? Horrible. Well, not all of them. My aunt and uncle and cousin of oh, Wish I had three wizard brothers. Five, said Ron. For some reason, he look, he's looking gloomy. I'm a six of an old family. To go to Hogwarts, you could say. Got a lot to live up to. Bill and Charlie, who only left. Bill's head boy and Charlie was King Captain Goodrich. Now Percy's a perfect Fred. And George mess around a lot. they still got really good marks and everything's so really funny. Everyone expects me to be as well as the uh, others, as well as the others. But if I do, it's no big deal because they did it first. You never get anything. I never get anything new either. With five brothers, got Rails old robes, Charlie's old wand, and Percy's old rat. Mum reached into his pocket, put out a fat grey rat. He's asleep. His name's Scabbers. He's useless. He really never wakes up. Percy's got owl. My dad, being a perfect prefect. But I ain't half mean. I've got scabbers instead. Ron's eyes went pink. He seemed to think he said too much. Because he went back to staring out the window. Harry didn't think there was anything wrong not being a full owl. After all, he never had any money in his life until a month ago. He told Ron also all about having to wear Dudley's old clothes and never getting proper birthday presents. He seemed to cheer Ron up. Joe Hagrid's told me. I didn't know anything about being a wizard, about my parents of Voldemort. Ron Grass. What? said Harry. You said you know you know whose name? said Ron, sounding like both shocked and impressed. I've, I've, I've thought you of all people. I'm not trying to blame, be brave or anything, same name, said Harry. I just never knew you should. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at HereYouAreAZ.com. See what I mean? What loads to learn, I bet. He had a voicing for the first time. So he had been worrying him a lot lately. 
I bet I'm the worst in the class. You won't be. There's lots of people come from muggle families. They learn quickly, you know, quick enough. Well, they've been talking and train and carry them out of London. Now they're speeding past fields full of cows and sheep, quiet for a time, watching the fields and lanes pluck past. Arm around half past twelve, with a great clattering outside the corridor, a smiling, dimpled woman slid back to the door, their door and said, Everything, everything off the carts, dears. Harry, who didn't, had any breakfast at his feet, but Aaron's ears went pink again, and he muttered that he thought he bought sandwiches. Going over to the corridor, he never had any money for candy for the Dudleys. Now he had pockets rattling with gold and silver. He had to buy as many Mars bars as he could carry. One didn't have any Mars bars. Well, she did have as birdie dots, very favourite beans, Dudley's best blowing, gum, chocolate frogs, pumpkin pasties, golden, golden cakes, liquid wands. And a number of other things Harry had never seen in his life. Well, one didn't miss anything. He got some of everything and paid a woman eleven silver stickles and seven bronze canucks. Well, instead, Harry brought it all back and tipped it into the empty seat. How were you? Starving, Harry. Taking the bird bite of pumpkin, pumpkin pasty. Harry went in and taken that large piece of package and wrapped it. Four sandwiches inside. Pulled out one of them part and said, you always forget, so I don't like corned beef. So what, what you, one of these, said Harry, holding up past you. Come on. You want this? It's all dry, said Harry. Go on. He hasn't, he hasn't got much time, he added quickly. You know, for five of us. Go on, have a pasty, said Harry. Never had anything to share before. Indeed, anyone to share it with. It's a nice feeling sitting there, gone, eating their, their way. For all Harry's pasties, cakes and candles. Candies and the foundries that they forgot. What are these? Ron asked. Harry asked Ron, holding a pack up chocolate frogs. They're not really frogs, are they? He started to feel that nothing would surprise him. No, said Ron. Yeah, but see the card is. I'm missing a ripper. What? Of course you wouldn't know. Chocolate frogs have cards inside them. No, to collect. There's witches and wizards. I got one about 500. I got a gripper on primary. Harry unwrapped his Christmas chocolate frog. Picked out the card. It showed a man's face. He wore half blown glasses, a long crooked nose, and silver hair, flowing silver hair. Starts underneath a picture with the name Abacus Dumbermore. So this is Dumbermore, said Harry. Don't tell me you never heard of Dumbermore, said Ron. Can I have a frog? Oh, I'll get a gripper, thanks. Harry turned over to his card and read Abacus Dumbermore, currently made master of Hogwarts, considered by many the greatest wizard of modern times. Dumbledore was particularly famous to defeat the dark wizard Grimblewald in 1945. Scurried of 12 uses of dragon's blood. Welcome to alchemy with his partner Nicholas Famel. Professor Dumbledore enjoys classical dream of music and temperate bowling. Harry turned the card back over, saw it his judgment, and Dumbledore's face had disappeared. He's gone. Well, don't expect him to hang around all day, Devon. Be back. No, I've got men gone again. I've got about six of her. Do you want it? You can start collecting. Iron's eyes strayed at the pile of chocolate frogs waiting to be a rat. Have you said, said Harry? But in, but in, you know, the muggle world, people just say, put in, put in photos. Do they? What? You don't move at all? Well, it's said to me, weird. Harry stood up a little more, stood back in the picture with a card, gave him a small smile. Mom was more interested in eating frogs, looking at famous witches and wizards' cards. 
paid him to keep his eyes off them. Soon, he not only Dumbledore, Morgana, Bankus, Walcott, Agarata, Juganenton, Severe Pilatus, and Merlin, he finally tore his eyes apart. Wait for Judas Kedoda, who was scratching her nose to open a bag of budgie pots for every flavour beans. You want to be careful, those Harry, Voldemort Harry. When they say every flavour, they mean every flavour. You know, you get ordinary ones like chocolate and peppermint, peppermint and marmalade. But you can get spinach and liver tripe. George reckons he had a burger flavour one once. One picked a great green bean, looked at it and bit in the corner. Blah, see sprouts. Had a good time eating the very every flavour beans. Harry got toast coconut, baked bean, strawberry, curry, grass, coffee. Sardine was even brave enough to nibble the end off funny great one. Ron wouldn't touch, which turned out to be pepper. Crunched now flying past the window, going wilder, and near fields, near fields are gone. Now there were woods, twisting rivers, and dark green hills. There was a knock at the door, and a compartment, a round-faced boy, Harry, passed the platform, nine and three quarters came in. Not tearful, sorry, he said. Have you seen the toad at all? They shook their heads, he wailed. I lost him. He keeps getting away from me. They turn up, Harry. Yes, said the boy miserably. Well, if you see him, he left. Do you know? Do you, don't you know? Don't you know why so bothers Harry? Gone. If I thought that a toad, I lost it as quick as I could. If I brought a toad, I'd lose it as quick as I could. Mind your book scampers, so I can't talk. Rat was still snoozing on one's lap. He might have died. You wouldn't know the difference, said Ron in disgust. Tried to run and turn him yellow yesterday to make him more interesting. But it didn't work. Look, I'll show you, look. He rummaged around his trunk, pulled out a very battered-looking wand. It chipped in places and something white was glinting at the end. Unicorn's hair, really poking out anywhere. He was just raised his wand when the compartment door slid open again. He told his boy he was back, but this time he was a girl with him. She was already wearing her new Hogwarts robes. Haven't seen... A toad and no dwarves lost one, she said. She had a bossy sort of voice. Bits of brushy brown hair, rather large front teeth. What he felt, told him. They'd seen it, said Ron. But the girl wasn't listening. He was looking at the one in his hand. What are you doing, Magic? Let's see it then. She had sat down, Ron looked taken aback. All oh, right, clears throat. Sunshine daisies, body yellow. Turn his stupid fat rat yellow. As he waited one, but nothing happened. Scampers stayed grey, fastly. You sure that's a real spell, said the girl. Well, it's not very good, is it? I tried a few simple spells just for practice. It all worked for me. Nobody in my family's magic at all. It was was never, ever, ever such a surprise. I got a letter, but I was ever so pleased, of course. I mean, very best school for witchcraft there is, I heard. Learned all your course books by heart, of course. I just hope it'd be enough. I have a Hemogene Granger, by the way, who are you? She said all oh, this very fast. Well, Harry looked at Ron, and she was really, it was really to see stunned face. Didn't learn, hadn't learned the course of books by heart either. I'm Rod Weasley, Ron muttered. Harry Potter, said Harry. She looked, are you really? said Halloween. I know all about you, of course. I've got a few extra books of background reading. You're in a modern 
magical history and rise and fall of dark arts and great withering events of the 20th century. Am I interested in how are you feeling, Days? Goodness, don't you know? I found out everything I could if it was me, said Harry. Do you know that house you'll be in? Been asking around. I hope I get I'm a giver for. Sounds far better, best. He'd done myself, is it? Wasn't it? But I suppose Ravencrawl wouldn't be too bad. Anyway, better go and look for Neville's toad. Too better change. No, the spectre would be there soon. She left, taking the good toad boys with her. Taking the toad boy with her. But that house I'm in, hope she's not in it. Said Barney, freeze up by in the back and trunk. She still. Jules gave it to me, but you knew it's dud. What house was your brother's in? said asked Harry. Gimblethorpe, said Ron. Loom seemed to be sitting on him again. I'm never in it, too. I don't know whether they're safe or not. I don't suppose Ravenclaw will be too bad, but imagine if they put me stuff in. What's the house you've, I mean, you know who was in? Yeah, said Ron. Flopped back in his seat, looking depressed. You know, I think he ends. I think the ends of Scubber's whiskers are lighter. Hey, said Harry, trying to make Harry's mind take mine, well, there's mine off the houses. So what do you, your oldest brothers do when they, when they left anyway? Harry's wondering what the wizard did once he finished school, Charlie's in Romania studying dragons, but in Africa doing something for Gingotts, said Ron. You hear about Gingotts being all over the prophet? Don't suppose you get that, get that, Mr. Mongols. Someone tried to rob a high security vault. Harry started dead. Really, what happened to them? Nothing. That's why, why it's such big news. Have been caught. My dad says been a very powerful dark wizard to get round gimbals, but they said didn't think they took anything. But that's odd, because anyone who's scared when you, something like this happens, you know who's behind it. Harry turns the news over in his mind. He's starting to get a, starting to get a prickle. Fear every time you know who we mentioned this, but I suppose it's all part of entering the medical world. We've been a lot more comfortable saying Voldemort without no worrying. What's your Quidditch team? He asked. She, asked. Huh? I don't know any. Harry confessed. What? Ron looked dumbfounded. Dumbfounded. Oh, you wait. It's the best game in the world. He was off explaining all about four balls and positions of seven players. Going to famous games, he had been. Two with his brothers and broomstick he'd like to get if he had the money. He's just taking Harry for the final points of the game and the compartment door to open again. It wasn't Neville. It was the Dodo's boy, Harine. Granger this time. Three boys entered and Harry recognised the middle one at once. Pale boy from Madame McGrin's road school. Looking at Harry with a lot more interest, he showed back and didn't to Alley. Is it true, he said, they're saying all down the train at Harry Potter's in his compartment. So is you... It, it is you, is it? Yes, said Harry. Looking at the other boys, both of them, thick set, looking me extremely mean, and even beside a pale boy. They looked like bodyguards. Ah, this is Grab, and this is Goyle, said Boy Boy carelessly. Noticing when Harry was, where Harry was looking. My name is Marloff, Draco Marloff. Van gave a slight cough, which might have been hiding a stinker. Draco Marloff looked at him. Think my name's funny, do you? No need to ask who you are. My father told me all about the Weasleys. Red hairs, freckles, and more children than they can afford. To about Harry. You soon find out some Weasley families are much better than others. Potter, you don't have to 
don't want to be called making friends with the wrong sort. I had to help you there. You held out a hand to shake Harry's, but Harry didn't take it. I think I could tell. I think I could tell you who's the wrong sort. Oh, myself, I think. Thanks, he said coolly. Dragon Malfoy didn't go red. But pink tinge appeared in his little cheeks. I'll be careful by you, Potter, he said slowly. And it's a bit of polite. It's a bit politer. You do the same way, go the same, go the same way as your parents. Don't know what's good for you, them either. You hang around with friends like Weasley's and Ragrid. Hagrid, you rub off on you. Both of Harry and Ron stood up. Say again, Ron said, with his face red as his hair. Oh, you're going to fight us, are you? Malfrey sniggered. Unless you get out now, said Harry. It was more bravery than he felt, because Grab and Grohl were a lot bigger than him and Ron. Don't we? But we don't feel like leaving, do we, boys? We know our food, and they seem to have... They seem to have some. Goyle reached the wall to talk the frog next to Ron. Ron leaped forward, but... Before he had much touched Goyle, Goyle let out a horrible yell. Scabbers, a rat was hanging off, off his fingers, sharp with little teeth. Something deep got in the Goyle's knuckle. Grabbing the floor, he backed away. Goyle swung. Scabbers round and round, howling. But Scabbers finally flew off. Hit the window, all three of them disappeared at once. Perhaps he thought there were much more... There were more rats lurking around among the sweets, or perhaps they heard footsteps, because a second later, Helene Granger had come in. What is it, What has been going on, she said, looking at the sweets all over the floor, while picking up Scabbers by his tail. I think we've been, he's been knocked out, Ron said Harry. Look closer at Scabbers, no. Don't believe it, he's gone back to sleep. And so he had. You met Murphy before? Harry explained about their meeting in Dunglin Alley. I heard all of his family, he said, but out of his family, said Ron Dartley. They're some of the first to come back to our side. Do you know who disappeared? So they'd been bewitched. My dad didn't believe it. He said Murphy's father didn't need an excuse to go over the dark side. He turned home, home with me. Can we help you with something? You better hurry up. Put your robes on. I've just been up to the front of the article conductor. Says we're nearly there. Haven't been fighting, have you? You'll be in trouble before we get there. Scabbard's been fighting, not us. Ron's killing her. Would you mind making while we change? All right. I only came here, in here because people outside are behaving very childishly, racing up and down the corridors. Said I mean, sniffy voice. And what dirt did you know, by the way? Did you know? Well, glad I heard as, uh, as she left. Harry peered out the window. It was getting dark. He could see mountains, forests under a deep purple sky. Train did seem to be slowing down. He and Ron took off their jackets, pulled on their long robes. Ron. The bit short for him. You can see sneakers underneath them. Voice echoed through the train. We'll be reaching Hogwarts in five minutes' time. Please leave your luggage on the train. And be taken to the school separately. Harry's stomach lurched with nerves. And Ron, he saw, looked pale under his freckles. They cramped their pockets the last of the sweets and joined the crowd fogging in the corridor. Train slowed right down and finally stopped. People pushed their way towards the door, out of the tiny, dark platform. Harry shivered in the cold air, night air. Then a lamp came bobbing over the heads and the students, and Harry heard a familiar voice. Voices! Voices! Come here, all right? There, Harry? Harry's big, hairy face beamed over the sea of bit heads. Come and follow me! And he followed us some more first years. Why do you sit now, first years? Follow me. Sniffing and stumbling, they followed Hagrid down what seemed to be a steep, narrow path. 
Then dark, so dark, on either side of them. Harry thought there must be thick trees there. Nobody spoke much. Never the boy kept losing his toes, sniffed once or twice. You get you for a sight of Hogwarts a second. Harriet's called over her shoulder. Just round this bend here. There's a loud ooh. The narrow path opened suddenly the edge of a black, giant black lake. Perched up top the high mountain. On the other side, its windows sparkling, scurry sky in a starry sky. Vast castle with many turrets and towers. No more for a boat. Hagrid called, pointing the fleet of little boats sitting in the boat. They saw a wary Ron followed into the boat by Neville Hermine. Everyone in, said Hagrid, and the boat put himself right then forward. Then a fleet of little boats moved off all at once, lying across the river lake. It was as smooth as glass. Everyone was silent, staring up the great castle overhead. And it turned over them as they sailed nearer and nearer to the cliff on which it stood. Heads down, said, uh, yelled Hagrid, as the first boats reached the cliff. They all bent their heads, and little boats carried them through a curtain of ivy that had hid a wide opening in the cliff race. They had carried along a dark tunnel, seen to be taking them right underneath the castle till they reached a kind of undergrowth, har- underground harbour, where they clambered out onto rocks and pebbles. Oi, you are uh, here. Uh, this is your toad, said Hagrid, checking the boats as the boy climbed out of them. Trevor, cried Neville, blissfully holding out his hands. They clambered up a passageway in, into the rock where after Hagrid's lamp, croning out at last to the smooth, damp grass, right as shadowed grass. They walked up the flight of stone steps, crowned rid of the huge oak front door. Anyone here? You here? Still got your toad? Harry could raise a giant fist and knock three times on the castle door.